Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith and serve in your own context. It's a Thanksgiving service. I was asked to find the scriptures and when I went to my Bible, I thought, well, it's Thanksgiving and celebration. I'll go to the Psalms. And as I flipped and turned the pages, Psalm 103, I found, had been highlighted in two colours all the way through. And over many, many years, both sides had been written um, through my life, through my journey. Other than Psalm 23, that probably is the psalm that had meant the most to me, but I'd kind of forgotten that it was a celebration psalm, a Thanksgiving psalm. I went to find out about it and Charles Spurgeon says this, it is perhaps the most perfect song of pure praise to be found in the Bible. I think that's a big call, but that's how it was for him. He believes it's attributed to David's older years when he's an old man, written because he has a heightened sense of his own sin, a heightened sense of God's forgiveness of his sin and a heightened sense of his own frailty of life at that time. I love it because David's prayer in this psalm, and he wrote over 70 of the psalms of the 150, but in this particular one, it helps me see what an intimate friendship looks like from one of us because that's how he's written. It's a poured out psalm. There's not one request made of God. It's just a poured out psalm after a life um, lived. We don't know a great deal about what Abraham, for instance, who was a friend of God, or what Moses, who God said of him, I would speak to him face, face to face as a man would speak to a friend. But we don't hear a lot about what Abraham's conversations with God or Moses' conversations with God. But in the Psalms, in the 70-odd Psalms, David pours out raw honesty and often agony in this ancient hymn book. And in Psalm 103, David um, pours out absolute devotion. He knows he has been forgiven much. And he pours out his heart. It's interesting that as we read it in a moment, because the psalm is the sermon. Um, Matthew Henry um, said in his commentary that this psalm doesn't need exposition or explanation. It just needs to be read with devotion. And um, I had landed on that and thought I'll do 10 minutes of preparation for David's life out of why it was written and then I'll just read it for us and it'll come up on the screen later. But do you know that David understood better than most of us, the New Testament. One God, same God yesterday, today and forever. In Luke 7, in in the NIV, it just has her branded the woman who lived a sinful life. She doesn't have a name. We know who she is, but in Luke 7, she's the woman who lived a sinful life. And her story is that there was a party happening, a dinner party, and Simon the Pharisee had invited all the male guests, but she gate crashes 
and she's sobbing. It says wept, but I, I can see because the tears flowed so fully that they wet Jesus' feet and she used her hair to wipe it up and pour the perfume all over him. Um, Simon the Pharisee was disgusted. He was repulsed by her action. And Jesus was to say these words, which David understood so well. The one who has been forgiven little loves little. The one who's been forgiven much loves much. David poured out, it wasn't perfume, but he poured out much love because he had been forgiven much. He knew that. David understood better than Peter, who Peter said, oh, Jesus, how many times have I got to forgive my brother? Up to seven? And Jesus said, no, 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 77 times. You find that in Matthew 18, 77 times, Peter. David knew that. Why? Because God had forgiven him 70 times seven or more. David understood how much he had been forgiven and he loved much. David's story began anonymously. He was overlooked, unnoticed in his family. If you want to look that up in Psalm 69, um, you'll find it there. At different times in his life, David was a lowly shepherd boy, a hero, a songwriter, a poet, a harpist, an adulterer, a murderer, a fugitive, a warrior, and a king. In fact, Israel's greatest king until Jesus was born until Jesus came of David's lineage. And so on the outskirts of Bethlehem, and I just like this, where David cared for the sheep, his father's flocks, as a boy with a slingshot and a harp, were the very same hills where centuries later, actually 1,000 years later, the shepherds would watch by night on the same plains, the same hills outside of Bethlehem. And hear angels singing and announcing that in the town of David, a saviour had been born, Christ the Lord. Yes, David was chosen by God. For all that he had done, he was chosen by God. And that it piques your curiosity a bit because you thought, well, okay, he chose Saul too. They didn't have a king. And in 1 Samuel 8, the people are screaming for a king. They're going, look, all of the other nations around us think we're a joke. We talk about a God they can't see. So give us a king they can see. We want someone visible. And he gave them what they asked for. He was head and shoulders over everyone, Saul. But Saul did it his own way. Saul did it his own way and he disobeyed the Lord. So while he was still on the throne, David was anointed to be king of Israel. And you go, well, what made David any different? My hat, look at his life. He did some terrible things, real atrocities. Why would God say in 1 Samuel 13 and in Acts 13, David is a man after my own heart? David was a man after God's own heart. Well, because David was a man who, despite his weaknesses, his failures, the atrocities in his family, the tragedies amongst his children, the brokenness, the losses, the pain that this man pours out in the Psalms. If you ever just to read them right through the 150 and you'll see the ones that David wrote and you go, 
man, what, what this man poured out. He loved the Lord his God with all his heart and he went after God and he pursued God in the same way he pursued the bear as a boy, the lion and the giant. He pursued God all the days. He was relentless in pursuing his God all of his life. He was humble. He was repentant. When he, when he sinned, when he did wrong, God could nail him on it and David was dis, absolutely despairing over what he'd done. But he knew that God loved him. He knew with all of his heart he loved his God and he was faithful to the Lord. He would always seek God's will above his own. That's what set him apart from Saul. Interestingly, he praised the Lord seven times a day. You can find that in Psalm 119, 64. Seven times a day he carved out, and it was a daily devotion to praise his God, and three times a day he would pray. It wasn't a, um, you know, I've got to have my quiet. It wasn't legalistic. It just poured out of him. Psalm 55, 17 tells us he prayed three times a day and sometimes in the middle of the night. You know what the middle of the night's like? You just wake up and um, that thing's happening and you can't get back off. He would pray. David knew God. And so when we read the psalm in a moment, and I'm just going to ask for that um, screen to go up, this, this is coming straight out of, Bromin and Max have been talking about it, this is coming straight out of the psalm. David understood the wonder of the gospel where the heart of God and the believer meet. He understood the wonder of the gospel, where the heart of God and the heart of the believer come together. And as with that little story that Max told, we may not know, or Bronwyn told, I don't know which one, beautiful stories, to meet someone who'd met Jesus already, but may have been labelled Buddhist, may have been carried that. Wow. The God who forgives us, heals us, redeems us. These words are coming straight out. You're going to hear them now. Redeems us, satisfies us, renews us, loves us. David knew that the Lord is compassionate, righteous, just, gracious, merciful, abounding in love. And David knew this. He knew what God was not. God does not harbour anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us according to our sins. He does not accuse us and he does not keep a record of our wrongs. That is New Testament. I don't know about you, but when I pulled the words out, I went, oh, David. And I went, well, well, one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He'd met Jesus. He knew the heart of God. And you know what? Maybe these are not your takeaways. Find your own from that psalm as we read it or later on when you go home. But for me, I was left with probably about 20. These are just three. I, I wondered, why do so many believers not rejoice as David did over the forgiveness of sins? Why is that alone not something to rejoice and celebrate? David walked the earth convinced of what God could do for him. Would I accept the challenge, as others have, to do something which would depend on God entirely for his power to see it through? Would I trust and have 
faith of David, of others, to do that. And David found every way to celebrate God. Do you know what? Right now, if David had walked through the foyer and up the aisle because he wanted to celebrate while we were singing, we might not have approved, let alone not have the shoes on. He might not have been dressed appropriately for it. But he would have sung the top of his voice and he would have danced probably way too abandonedly because he wouldn't have cared what you thought. Such was the love that this man poured out to his God. He found every way to celebrate and it had me wondering in what ways can I do that in my everyday life? Know that it's sacred ground in my everyday life. So now I will read because the psalm is the sermon. The sermon is the psalm. When you hear... David used the words again and again to fear God, to fear him, those who fear him. That's the bigness of God. Just to our young ones that are still left in, year sevens particularly, the bigness of God, the bigness. That's the awe, the worship, the heart submitted. That's David remembering his dust and God is big. That's to fear him. So as Matthew Henry put it, this is a most excellent psalm of praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 103. Um, some of the words will be different. Some of them are amplified. King James, this is the NIV up on the screen, and I think I've got a little bit of Passion Bible in there somewhere too, as I remember it. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and for all my inmost being, praise his holy name. As I remember it, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed as the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. His sheer mercy and grace. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as, as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, our sins from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He knows that we are dust. He remembers that we are dust. 
As for man, his days are like the grass clippings, blown away in a gust of wind, like a flower in the field. The wind blows and the flower's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his will. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. Amen.